Can you do keto and fasting if you have a thyroid issue? On this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, we bring on Dr. Rebecca Warren to give you a masterclass on how to do keto and fasting and support your thyroid. Let's do this. myself, well, if my doctor's not concerned about a 16-year-old having a severe gallbladder attack, then maybe I shouldn't be concerned about it. And what's the thought process when you get something cut out, whether it's ovaries or uterus, appendix or gallbladder is, now I'm healed, now I'm fixed. But a sick body makes sick organs. So just because you cut something out doesn't mean your body's well at all. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. I am super excited and grateful to bring on Dr. Rebecca Warren, who's not only a great friend of mine, she is so brilliant, she is so articulate, and she knows how to get the message across to help you understand your thyroid gland. We're going to talk about her amazing story of why she's so passionate about educating about the thyroid and her pain to purpose message and story, which is gonna resonate with you so much. We're gonna give an overview of the thyroid, how it works, the communication from the hypothalamus pituitary to the thyroid gland to the cells, and what you need to know about reverse T3, which a lot of doctors don't even order and why it's essential to get that. We'll actually break down every single lab marker to request from your doctor and we'll review each one and what it does and why it's important to understand every marker. Why TSH doesn't really give you enough data and how there's not one study that shows that has anything to do with how the thyroid is functioning. Can you do keto and fasting with a thyroid issue? Dr. Rebecca Warren is going to make the case that if you wanna heal your thyroid, it's essential to go in and out of ketosis, AKA keto flexing, and practice variations of fasting. We're gonna talk about the benefits of using keto for actually supporting the thyroid and how different fasting strategies could help support the thyroid. We'll get into why it's dangerous to stay in ketosis long-term and how that impacts thyroid function, how to find doctors and healthcare practitioners to help hear you out and order the lab that you want requested. And this is just such a fun episode. I want you to grab a pen and paper, stay present. One of my favorite things that I love about Dr. Rebecca Warren is that she genuinely cares about you. She is so passionate. Her energy is amazing. She's so good at getting her message across. And uh, I'm just so grateful to know her. We're both in the Platinum Practitioner Program with Dr. Pompa, Dr. Mindy Peltz, and other amazing doctors. And I get to learn from her and her husband, Nathan, and you're gonna get to learn from her today and get familiar with her story. You're just gonna fall in love with her and her message. So I can't wait to bring her on the show shortly. Before I do, I wanna take a second here to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. 
This is a five-star review from CR titled Healthy Ketosis. If you're interested in living and eating healthy, then these podcasts are for you. They contain incredibly helpful information on how to do healthy keto. Forget all the negative things you might have heard about keto and listen to these informative podcasts to learn the right way to do keto. Highly recommend this podcast. OCR, thank you so much. And you're so right. There is not one way to do keto. Not all fats are created equal. Not all keto lifestyles and diets are created equal. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, not to be afraid of healthy keto, clean keto, keto flexing, and what we teach here at Keto Camp. So thank you so much for that acknowledgement and for taking the time to leave a rating and review. If you have not left the Keto Camp podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please do so today. And that will make a big difference for the show to get into more hands. So please pause this right now and leave that rating and review. Just a reminder that my brand new book, Keto Flex, is out into the world, available right now on Kindle and on paperback. Keto Flex was released on April 12th, and it ranked number one in the world within its category, and it's still trending as number one to this day. So thank you for everybody who has supported the book, who's purchased the book for yourself, for a friend, for a family member. If you have not gotten the book yet, get it today over at ketoflexbook.com. It is 311 pages of keto gold. The foreword was written by Dr. Daniel Pampa. The book has been endorsed by Dr. Jason Fung, Megan Ramos, Thomas DeLauer, Dr. Mindy Peltz, Jimmy Moore, Dr. Ryan Lowry, and many other incredible thought leaders in the keto and fasting space. I truly believe it's one of the best books out there on keto. We do talk about keto, fasting, carnivore, sleep, mindset, and all things related to your cellular health. So head to ketoflexbook.com and get your copy today. All right, without further ado, let's bring on Dr. Rebecca Warren. Dr. Rebecca Warren is an amazing functional wellness practitioner. She specializes in women's health, hormones, and healing after thyroidectomy. She is considered one of the top leaders in the world on thyroid function and thyroid health. So I'm grateful to bring a friend, a colleague, a brilliant, brilliant human being onto the Keto Camp Podcast, Dr. Rebecca Warren. Dr. Rebecca Warren, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. I'm so excited to finally be here and be doing this. This is going to be amazing. It is. Long overdue. I'm excited to chat with you as well. We're going to talk all things thyroid, keto for the thyroid, fasting for the thyroid, why too much of it could be a bad thing and how to balance it out, lab work, and uh, just all things thyroid. So before we do that, let's get into your story. I know your story. It's very inspirational. So I'd love for you to dive deep into your story and why you decided to focus on thyroid. Absolutely. So when I was 16 years old, I was walking out of a movie theater and I had such severe pain in my chest. I thought I was having a heart attack. I fell to the ground and I was in this fetal position, just holding myself. At that point, I felt fine until this happened. I had never been to the emergency room, never been to the hospital. Um, Our family friend that I was with, she wanted to call an ambulance, but I was so afraid of what was going on. She scooped me up, took me to the hospital, and I just immediately got on morphine because of how severe the pain was. I was in and out during my stay there, but I remember when my parents were there, the doctor was explaining that at 16, I had developed thousands of little stones in my gallbladder. But the good news is what? They can get it 
cut out. They can mm. take out my, my gallbladder. And I ended up getting my gallbladder taken out and I was sent home and I ended up recovering more from the morphine withdrawals from, than from the gallbladder surgery itself. But I remember at 16 starting to think, this doesn't make sense. How, if I didn't need a gallbladder, I wouldn't have been born with it. Something has to be wrong. And I remember going to my doctor's follow-up appointment. And at that point, health was losing weight. So I mentioned to my doctor, he checked my scars, my healing was going great. And I was like, you know, I feel like I need to get healthier because this happened and maybe I need to lose weight. And the doctor said, yep, I got you. Let's just finish up here. We finished up my appointment. He stepped out of the room and he came back with a Xerox copy of a food pyramid. It was, I still remember it to this day, food pyramid with a paragraph at the bottom because that's it. That's all you need for health, right? And I went home and I thought to myself, well, if my doctor's not concerned about a 16-year-old having a severe gallbladder attack, then maybe I shouldn't be concerned about it. And what's the thought process when you get something cut out, whether it's ovaries or uterus, appendix or gallbladder is now I'm healed, now I'm fixed. But a sick body makes sick organs. So just because you cut something out doesn't mean your body's well at all. And then three years later, at 19, I was driving in the car, looking over my shoulder, and my mom noticed this huge mass on my neck. And I went to the doctors. They started getting concerned. They started doing all these tests. And I sat in the doctor's office. I remember it to this day. My mom was in the corner to the right. The doctor was to the left. And he was saying, you know, I'm sorry, but your daughter has cancer. And then he says, but the good news is this is if you're going to have cancer, this is the good one to have. <laughs> and I remember feeling really pissed off. And if, you know, there's going to be people that are listening to this podcast that have had thyroid cancer, have had their thyroid removed. And this is what they tell you. This isn't just me. When I started coaching people and they're like, my doctor said this about thyroid cancer. I'm like, oh my gosh, they just say that to anyone. And the reason why is because they can take this vital organ this organ that we need to survive, they can cut it out, they can radiate it and put it you on a one pill for the rest of your life. And that's why it's good. But they don't take into consideration how diverse, how adaptive our body is. And the fact that there's no long-term studies on this type of approach. And so what ended up happening is I, I had the surgery done, I had the high dose radiation, all for a cancer where this was completely unnecessary. And I did not know that until years down the road. And I left there feeling better. So I thought, again, in my head, I'm glad I got my you know, another organ cut out. But a year later, I started noticing things happening with my body. I started becoming weight loss resistant. And I was doing CrossFit. And I was doing vegan, so it didn't make sense to me. And then I started struggling with depression. And I think it's really important to talk about what depression can look like for different people. Mm -hmm. Because when we think about depression, we think suicide, but depression can look like waking up every morning with this heaviness, this burden that you just can't shake that you can be thankful. I had an amazing friends at school. I had great relationship with my family. I was part of a great church, but every day it was like, I woke up with this blanket of just heaviness that I couldn't shake. And then I started struggling with anxiety. And again, everyone thinks anxiety might be just panic attacks, but anxiety means you're staying up at night and your mind is going hundred miles per hour. You're worrying about things that you have no control over and you fixate on those things. And then I started losing my cycle. And while all of this was happening, I was going to my doctor's appointments. I was taking my thyroid medication as they recommended. And every time I would go in, they would do my labs and they would tell me, they would sign my labs and they would say, everything looked good but I didn't feel right. I knew something was wrong. I would prepare myself, 
mentally to go to this doctor's appointment and I'm going to find answers. And then I would sit across by of someone who had this authority, even though I knew my body was right, they told me, no, everything's fine. And I would leave there like, how did that just happen? Did it feel like you were crazy? Like it was all in your head or what was going yeah, on? Yeah, I felt like I wasn't doing enough. I felt like, and this is what I think is really important to talk about a healthy way of utilizing ketosis. Best. I felt like I wasn't doing enough. My doctor one time told me, do I understand calories? Because <laughs> I wasn't losing weight. So I went home and what did I do? It was my fault that I wasn't losing weight. It was my fault that I lost my period. It was my fault that I was depressed. It was my fault that I was anxious. So I needed to work out more and I needed to restrict my calories more. And it still was not working. And it put me into this kind of hole of like, my body failed me. It just sucks. Like I was hopeless. And I was hopeless because I was only 21. What is my health going to look like when I'm 30 or 40 or 50? Was I even going to be able to have kids? And so I actually got into a car accident on top of all, <laughs> everything. And I went to a doctor of chiropractic. And within chiropractic, there's this principle. And it doesn't belong to chiropractic, but we preach about it, right? And the principle is that the body's created to heal itself. It's a self-regulating, self-healing mechanism. And it was the first time ever that the disease process was explained to me, that symptoms and cause were distinguished for me. And I sat there crying because I did all the right things. I went to the best doctor, I went to the Florida hospital, best endocrinologist, the surgeon was great, people comment on my school. I went to the best and I was still sick and I had no answers. And so at that point, I drew a line in the sand and I said a few different things. Number one, I was only 21. No doctor was gonna know more about my health than me. Okay, I fired my doctor and it didn't come from a place of ego. It came from a place of desperation because if I kept going to this doctor who was nice to me, but sucked at what he did, that wasn't listening to me, that wasn't working with me, I felt like I was going to die. So I fired my doctor and I decided that I'm going to walk into a room prepared. I might not know everything, but I do know my body. And that's where my health transformed. And so it's been over 12 years that I came to keto and we didn't call it keto back then, but we did <laughs> keto and fasting. And I came to it not because I wanted to lose weight, which was a great you know, side effect, but um, I came because I was desperate. I was getting on higher and higher and higher amounts of medication, and I just I couldn't do it. I was doing more medication because I didn't have a thyroid, but I wasn't moving in the right direction. And I used these ancestral tools. I like to say they're ancestral in this modern world to really change the healing process in my body. Wow. Yeah, they are ancestral and we have access to them and they're being, you know, not all, not all people are aware of that, but that's our job to make people aware of it. When they were testing your thyroid in the beginning after this, the cancer surgery, what were they testing exactly? They were testing TSH, which is the gold standard. And if your doctor says that, big red flag in your head, okay? Yeah. TSH and total T4. That's all they were testing. And what's wrong with just testing that? Well, the reason why TSH, and let me tell you, the studies have shifted. I've been looking at studies for over a decade and a half. And what used to happen is in studies, you would see that they would say TSH is the gold standard, but patients responded that they still didn't feel well, that they were still symptomatic. And in the studies back then, they would say it's because they're not being compliant. They would blame the patient. The same way the doctor blamed me, they would blame the patient. Well, it's because they're not taking their medication. It's because they're not doing the right things. It's because they're eating too much. And now studies are looking at, oh, the reason why is because there's more to it. So TSH is a 
pituitary hormone. It's a signaling hormone that comes from the pituitary to the thyroid. It's a pituitary hormone. It looks at signaling. It is not a thyroid hormone. It doesn't look at how much hormone you're producing or how much hormone is being activated or whether it's binding to the cell. All it's telling you is your pituitary's ability to communicate with your thyroid. And then total T4 is just not helpful because it's looking at bound up inactive hormone, thyroid hormone. So TSH is looking at the pituitary. The pituitary can be signaling just fine while things are completely imbalanced downstream. And total T4 can look fine because you have all of this bound up thyroid hormone you can't use and very little free T4. So the T4 is, it needs to be converted. It needs to be activated, right? So that's the, the other process. It needs to be activated to T3, and that's actually used by the receptor sites of the cell. So explain that whole process again. You have the pituitary stimulating the thyroid, and just go on, uh, continue throughout that whole process from start to finish. Absolutely. So within the pituitary, you got TSH that's going to be released. And I want to go ahead and point this out. The hypothalamus is thyroid-releasing hormone. It goes from hypothalamus to pituitary and the pituitary to thyroid. Because we're going to be talking about carbs and we're going to be talking about fat and ketosis. And it all goes back to the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus is the master control center of all the hormones. Not just your thyroid hormones, but we're talking about insulin and leptin and ghrelin and your sex hormones, all of it, right? but hypothalamus to pituitary, pituitary to the thyroid. From the thyroid, you get free T4. A majority of what's being released from within the thyroid is T4. Now, T4 has to be activated, aka converted. And the majority of that's going to happen in the liver, in the gut, and then some in the kidney and and some minor areas throughout the body. But a majority of it is going to be in the liver and the gut. So that T4, I have people that now doctors are more, you know, open to doing tests, and now they're doing TSH and free T4. But what good is free T4 if you can't convert it? And this is a really big, important conversation to have because the number one prescribed medication for thyroid disorders, in fact, the two top medications prescribed right now is uh, statin medications, right, and uh, Synthroid slash level thyroxy, which is a T4-only medication. If your liver is not well, right, your gut's not well, The first question I ask people that are in Synthroid and level thyroxine, I ask them is, did your doctor, your endocrinologist, talk to you about your digestive health? Did they check your liver? Did they check your liver health? No, because whose job is that? The GI specialist? Mm -hmm. So no, doctors don't ask these questions. So that T4, even whether you take it through medication or whether your thyroid is making, it still has to be converted. And then it's converted to free T3. And then free T3 is then what binds to the nucleus of the cell. And that, the free T3 is what is needed for ATP, which is energy production for all trillion of your cells. Every one of your cell needs T3. I want to talk about a few other lab tests as well. So reverse T3. There's some doctors out, out there that have an issue with this test. And it is... I want to be nice here, all right? Like, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's ego or lack of knowledge, but we know that reverse T3 is a inflammatory kind of sympathetic marker that can give you a good idea of how your body's responding, whether to stressors or whether your body's converting efficiently. We can't wait around for studies to prove what we know and feel in our own bodies. And that's what I always treat uh, teach. You have to trust your body and know 
what you know because you live in your body and be the best advocate for yourself. Because now we're starting to see that in situations and studies, they're looking at chronic fatigue syndrome. Wait a minute. In chronic fatigue syndrome, reverse T3 is high. And in inflammatory disorders, in stress issues, when you end up in the emergency room, reverse T3 goes up. So what is reverse T3? Reverse T3 is a stress hormone. You, When you take T4 and you go into the liver, you make some reverse T3. It's considered like a reservoir for when you're under stress. So ancestrally, if we were in a famine, it takes a lot of energy to produce thyroid hormones, right, from the thyroid and to convert it. Well, the good news is your thyroid can slow down, and now you can use up this reverse T3 backup that's easier to convert into free T3. It's a great primitive, powerful response that prepares us for stressful times in our lives. But the thing is that reverse T3 is very, it looks very much like free T3. But the difference is that reverse T3 can bind to the receptors that T3 should be on, but it won't give you the same things you, you would get from free T3. The best way I explain it, it's like, you know, when you have a key that fits in a keyhole, but it doesn't turn and you're like, how does this fit? That's mm -hmm. reverse T3, which means this is that if you should have this good ratio, that good amount where a majority of your thyroid that's being converted is T3, and then you have some reverse T3. But if we see this free T3 start going down on the lower end of the range, and then reverse T3 on the higher end of the range or outside of the range, now you have this inactive form of thyroid hormone that's competing with receptors. It's going to always compete. It's always going to create a problem when it comes to what you need in regards to thyroid hormones. But reverse T3 is also a really good tool for people that have been hypothyroid. How can I be hypothyroid for so long and still wake up and do what I got to do? Reverse T3, because you probably stored it up for a really long time, and uh, cortisol. Mm -hmm. And then the last two tests, which is so important, is your TPO antibodies and your thyroglobulin antibodies. Now, these antibodies are letting you know that you have an autoimmune reaction. Why do doctors not test this? And the reason why is because there's no drug on the market that will bring these numbers down. So the treatment is the same. Exactly. The treatment's the same, even though you have an active autoimmune reaction that's beating up your thyroid. And this sucks for a lot of people because we know a majority of both hyper and hypothyroidism is autoimmune related. Even toxicity can can lead to autoimmune issues. Underlying infections will lead to autoimmune issues. And the problem with this is when you go to your doctor and you get on thyroid hormone, what you're saying is pretty much there's a problem here, but we're just going to leave this alone and we're just going to put the hormone in here. So I like to explain it. It's like saying you have a hole in your gas tank. That's the autoimmune issue or the toxicity issue, right? So you go to a mechanic and the mechanic says, I see there's a problem here. And so my resolution is to put more gas in your tank. Just fill up your gas tank every hour and have a backup gas tank in your trunk. And you're like, no, there's a hole. And if you don't fix the hole, then my car's never going to be able to you know, hold its own gas, its fuel, and I'm going to be dependent on an outside source. That's what happens when you get on thyroid hormones. You have this active autoimmune reaction that destroys your thyroid, then you're on medication. And so what happens over time? You need more and more and more medication because your thyroid's getting destroyed more and it's continuing to shut down. So what percentage of hypothyroidism is considered autoimmune? Right now, the number's around 90%. Wow. And that would be Hashimoto's thyroiditis? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, but even Graves' disease, which is the hyper, hyper yeah. um, has a connection with autoimmunity as well. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. So, okay, so we have allopathic care looking at TSH, maybe total T4, not even free T4 or T3 or reverse T3. The analogies are great, by the way. It totally makes sense. The key one, you know, yeah, it still fits in that receptor site because it, it looks the same, but it's not going to do the same job in the hole in the gas tank. It makes a lot of sense. So then we have another problem, Rebecca, because then Let's say somebody is making the conversion to T3. Let's say their reverse T3 is at a healthy range. But then if there's cellular membrane inflammation, the T3 still needs to get into the cell, right? So that's where something like ketosis and fasting could come into play. My question for you is this. A lot of people think they cannot do fasting. They cannot do keto because they have a thyroid issue. Is that true or can they do keto and fasting with a thyroid issue? Yeah, absolutely. First, I'll just give a disclaimer. You got to listen to your body, right? You got to listen and you got to do what's right for your body. But this idea that you can't get into ketosis is based off of a misunderstanding of the role of T3 in regards to metabolism. Because when we look at studies, and this is how I like to best explain it, these studies that are saying that people are using as a reason to not do keto. They're using studies that have only looking at what happens when you're in ketosis or what happens when you're fasting, not why. So they're taking a study about what is happening and making it seem like it's a bad thing. But then when you look at studies, when they look at obesity studies, when they look at studies where people are losing weight and they're keeping it off and their blood markers are improving, we also see a decrease in free T3. So we have to take a step back. We do know that getting in ketosis can see a decrease in free T3. 
But does that necessarily mean a bad thing? No, not necessarily, because you're changing your metabolism. You are changing what's considered your energy substrates. Like the ketone bodies are your energy substrates. It's what you're utilizing for fuel. It's what you're utilizing for energy. And then add on top of that weight loss if you are losing weight. This doesn't necessarily have to, in someone who's thinner, this still applies. Because now that your metabolism has changed, you have less need. What we see in the studies as well when it comes to free T3 is that one thing you hear is that you need carbs for free T3. Or is it that you have to use more free T3 to deal with carb metabolism? And Mm -hmm. that's what we're seeing more of. Because we see that when you go subclinically optimal in regards to free T3 and out of range, medically out of range, when you have low free T3, we see two things happen. Your carb metabolism is not efficient. You will have difficulties breaking down carbs and you're insulin resistant. Your insulin sensitivity goes down. So this idea that, okay, well, you need carbs for free T3. Well, not necessarily. We know there's gluconeogenesis. There's different ways to get, you know, glucose within the body, but you make more free T3. You make more of it to deal with inefficiency in regards to our metabolism. And so I'll even share this with you. Just this week, I have someone that has been on thyroid medication for 16 years. He's been doing keto, and I gave him some recommendations of the protein you recommend after people have been in keto to kind of change things up, that 40 to 50 grams per meal. I had my notes from when you spoke (laughs) at seminar. And so I gave him that, but he lost over 40 pounds. And this is the first time in 16 years that he gets to decrease his medication. Wow. It's because he was carb toxic before. He had weight that he did not need to have, and his cell receptor sensitivity has increased. He feels the best he has ever felt. But what does his blood work show? His free T4 is through the roof, so too much medication. But his free T3 is low. His body knows it doesn't need it. It's going to convert it into reverse T3, and it's being stored. He has no sign of hypothyroidism. He has no weight loss resistance. He struggled with anxiety and depression. It's no longer there. He had a lot of stressful things happen in the last couple months, and he could respond to it. No signs of hypothyroidism, and yet his free T3 went down. It's because free T3 is in response to carb toxicity. It's in response to weight that shouldn't be there. It's in response to a body that's not efficient when it comes to your metabolism. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. And, and it's important to also note that when you talk about stress increasing reverse T3, which is not a good thing, that stress could come in three different areas, right? Mental, emotional, chemical, like a toxicity or a physical stress. So it's any of those areas that could create that problem. And then you mentioned these ranges, right? What Rebecca is referring to is a optimal range, not a standard reference range. So I know the keto campers listening or watching are thinking, okay, what are the optimal ranges? And you actually have a free resource, a free guide that we could maybe share for the audience for them to see actually your your preferred optimal ranges. So where can they find that? Yeah. So if you go to drrebeccawarren.com, so www period, D-R-R-E-B-E-C-C-A, warren.com. Now, I do want to say something about ranges because this is a really good point to make. Within medicine or ranges or, or medical ranges, like if you get lab work and you're looking at it, it's too broad. You can have a TSH up to a 5 when studies show it should be under a 2.5. I have people coming in where their free T3 is a 2.4 and they're, they have all the symptoms, but the doctor's like, you're good to go because the end of the range is 2.3. So medical ranges are too broad. 
But what I'm finding now, functional ranges can be too strict, right? So Mm -hmm. functional ranges is what has helped people. You know, saying that your free T3 should be in the upper three has helped people realize I need to advocate for myself. I need to heal my thyroid. I need to be on better medication or glandulars or stuff like that. But now the problem with functional within functional medicine, looking at ranges, saying that someone's free T3 should only be a 3.7 negates how our metabolism works or how our hypothalamus works. Hypothalamus will regulate what's going on within our body. If you're losing weight, if you're more efficient, I've had people at a three where I'm like, oh, we got to get them up. I get them up to a 3.7 and they're hyper. It's too much. It's not needed. And they're at a three or 3.1 and they're beautiful. So overall, when it comes to ranges, too low on that range is never going to be beneficial for anyone. But where you end up on the upper end is according to what's going on with your metabolism. Are you in ketosis? Are you fasting? Are you losing weight? Have you already lost weight? Are you at a weight where you're a lot thinner? It's going to change what you need. So it's always according to how you feel and how you function for optimal ranges. But yeah, on my website, drrebeccawarren.com, I do have a free optimal thyroid labs ebook. And on there, there's a page where you can literally screen capture so, cause some doctors don't like it when you come in and say, I want all these labs done <laughs> yeah, anyways, but at least you can screen capture it and it's just a blank, it's blank just with numbers. So you can show them what you want and they don't think you're like, I don't know, using yeah. Dr. Google, even though I like <laughs> right. to love Dr. Google, but <laughs> yeah. And, and it's important to notate that your doctor is, you're hiring your doctor. You're, they're not hiring you, right? Like you're paying them. They're, they're getting paid because of you. They're working for you, not, not the other way around. So they should do what you tell them to do and request. And if they don't, you find a new doctor that's willing to hear you out. So doctor.rebeccawarren.com is the website? Yeah. We'll no, put just it in the Dr. Notes. Rebecca Warren, oh. DR Rebecca Warren. Got it. No, just no. DR Rebecca Warren. Got it. So we'll put that in the podcast notes. Rachel will. We'll put it there. Yeah, it's it's not about having more hormones. Healthy people don't have more or higher hormones. They have sensitive hormones. They have these receptor sites and it's so biochemical unique to the individual that the 3.7 guideline for all people doesn't make sense because there's so many other factors there to your point. Besides ketones, ketone bodies, besides the anti-inflammatory benefits of a well-formulated ketogenic approach, are there any other benefits to using keto for the thyroid to support the thyroid? Absolutely. And so some other benefits in utilizing keto is, well, we we talked about cell receptor sensitivity, right? The second thing is that when it comes to the thyroid, you've got to understand it's, it's a layered thing. And the thyroid, when it's off, it doesn't just stay in its own little area and doesn't affect anything else. It affects adrenals and sex hormones. And when those are off, they go back and affect each other. So what I have seen with utilizing keto in regards to all of that is number one, how it affects the gut microbiome. I love it. And I love utilizing keto because some of the causes for hypothyroidism, and then I'll talk about how the sex hormones and adrenals come into play, but some of the big causes are going to be gut related, gut permeability, H. pylori, parasites, cytomegavirus. There's an inflammatory issue within the gut that will make thyroid issues worse. So number one, by utilizing keto, we know that getting into ketosis changes the gut microbiome, especially if you start utilizing tools like carnivore. And then I utilize refeeding 
as a time to like refeeding, whether you're intermittent fasting or refeeding, you're getting out of ketosis, those flex days, as you say, and I love that you call them that because I hate these because I'm like, you're not going nuts, right? But I use those times to increase good bacteria, fermented foods. Like I prescribe servings of fermented foods like I would prescribe a supplement, right? And so when we know that the gut microbiome is changing, when we refeed, I will increase the good bacteria to affect the environment within the gut and then add in things like L-glutamine or iron biome to help support, you know, healing in the gut lining, the leaky gut. Another thing I really love using keto for, and it goes back to what we talked about in regards to is keto good or bad, that T3 goes down. I actually like that that T3 goes down because now there's less of a demand on the thyroid. So we can take a step back and I can implement protocols, especially detox protocols. That's mm -hmm. when I like to do it is when people are in ketosis. Because when you have less demand on your thyroid, when we know those antibodies are going down, I can go in there and detox the body because we know that mercury has an affinity for the thyroid. We know that fluoride chlorine and bromine all have an affinity for the thyroid so you have to detox and by allowing your body to get in ketosis be efficient at burning ketone bodies and using fat for fuel becoming fat adapted there's less of a demand on the thyroid and of course resetting the metabolism listen i have people that have come in and have done keto the right way in such a nourishing way and feel amazing even though their thyroid is a wreck because they removed this major insulin glucose stressor. And it's shocking when they get blood work done and they have these antibodies that are through the roof and, and they feel amazing. And I'm like, because your body's being efficient, you've changed its fuel source. It's been needing that diversity for so long and you've done it and now your body's changed. So I actually like it for this weight loss response, not because we're chasing weight loss, but because your hormones are changing, because your body feels like it can burn that fat and release it and when you release that fat, when you need to lose it, then there's less stress on the body. There's less stress on the thyroid. There's less need for free T3. And we can do other protocols to go deeper with your health. Ketones for the win. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. what, what about the role of uh, fasting? A lot of people believe they can't do fasting with a thyroid issue. How do you do fasting and keto if you have hypothyroidism or even hyperthyroidism? Yeah, so I, I do want to add this. Let's let's talk about like keto for thyroid or keto, like fasting yeah. for thyroid. The first thing at the beginning, like let's say you're coming from, you know, your diet isn't nourishing, it doesn't have the ingredients, the good fats, the good quality ingredients, and your metabolism, you might be showing high insulin or some glucose that that's uh, on the borderline or over. I think there's a good period of time right at the beginning where you can jump into it where you're really restricted on carbs. Like if you want to jump in and do those 20 grams, okay, you can do it at the beginning. But overall, if you're focused, women, and especially if there is a thyroid component to your health journey, like you want to address, there's no need, and I do not put anyone on uh, grams of carbs that low. I would keep at 50 grams or less. And the reason why is because you're increasing those, a little bit higher of those good healthy carbs to help with conversion for whatever conversion you need. Having that extra amount of carbs is really supportive, but you can still get into deep ketosis. You can still see that glucose come down, but now those healthier carbs, you're gonna utilize the right way as you're getting into ketosis. So 50 grams of carbs, when there's a hormone issue, absolutely, that's where you wanna stay at. And if you do 20 grams of carbs, I don't recommend doing it long-term. Now, fasting, 
again, fasting is beautiful for coming off of high dosage of medication. This is a place, I mean, you talk about all the benefits of fasting. I'm just going to talk about one really amazing, beautiful benefit when it comes to thyroid medication. So one of the reasons that people will end up needing more medication, I'm finding more and more, the longer I practice, the more I help people, that they're on really high doses of medication for them. Like that example I gave you, this kid, he's in 150. There's no reason for him to be on that much, but he is. The reason why we're seeing this increase of thyroid medication is cell receptor sensitivity is going down. They're taking all this and they don't feel hyper because they're not absorbing, utilizing it or binding it. Mm -hmm. So now you're taking all of this dosage and uh, you're feeling fine or maybe still hypo because you're not binding it up. So the one thing I find over and over again is when people start fasting, how their cell receptors, the sensitivity changes and they need less and less. I've had multiple times. So on the longer fast, it's always on day three. I do want to put this out there because I want people to know this isn't abnormal. If you're doing like a block fast on day three, I, I never mess with medication. I don't prescribe medication. Don't want to. I want to work with the body, but I work with different practitioners in different cities and even here in my own city. But on day three, they get increased heart rate. They feel really anxious. They say things like, I feel like my heart is skipping a beat and they think it's the fast, right? Like, oh my gosh, this fast. And it's like, okay, no, I've multiple times gotten blood work done on that day and after the fast and a month after a fast. If, if a client will let me do that, I'll do that to show them. And what I find is that on day three, it shifts and all of a sudden they don't need the dosages they're on. In fact, I sent someone locally to a doctor and the doctor was shocked. He was like, what did you do? She's like, I fasted. You mean you just didn't eat? You just didn't eat and now you need th less thyroid. I'm like, you, it's not that you just didn't eat. You changed your body mm -hmm. through autophagy, through growth hormone, through all of that. So when you start fasting, you have to keep an eye on that because as you become more sensitive, you need less and less of it. And that's not a bad thing. Having these adverse reactions is a good thing. It's telling you that your body is changing and it's becoming better. So I love utilizing fasting in that way and diversifying the fast, like, you know, 14 hours, 16 hours, 20 hours. And then if they're up for it, doing a longer fast to really reset their body. There's also the connection of how fasting can affect antibody levels because of what's happening in the gut and also just because fasting affects the immune system and those autoimmune responses are immune and inflammation related mm -hmm. so when you're fasting you're decreasing your inflammatory levels you're affecting your gut microbiome and your immune system of course you're going to see some changes yeah, I love fasting. Uh, and that's you just pointed out so many reasons why fasting could benefit you. And it's really all about having your hormones become more sensitive, having those receptor sites do a better job at communicating with your hormones, which is one of their main purposes. If you're anything like me, you probably spend some money each month on your supplements. But what if you're still tired and you just don't feel 100% well? Well, there could be a deficiency. What if there was a way to know if you were actually absorbing your supplementation or not absorbing and maybe you're taking too much of something? Well, what I'm bringing you today is a chance to accurately test all of that. In this case, I'm talking about upgraded formulas, upgraded hair test kit and consultation. And once you uncover these hidden deficiencies, you could get rid of these symptoms you might be experiencing that might be affecting your thyroid, adrenals, or much more. Upgraded Formulas is a very cool company. I interviewed Barton Scott, 
who is the founder and chemical engineer who helps craft all their supplements. And they have this really cool upgraded mineral deficiency analysis. So say goodbye to blood and urine tests, which typically indicate short-term results. Hair is the best identifier. And you could get that hair from your head, armpit area, or even pubic area, and you'll receive a consultation with a member of Upgraded Formulas to help discuss your results. And it's very simple. Collect your hair sample, send it in, and get your results fast. We've worked out an exclusive deal, KetoCamp podcast listeners, to receive 10% off your order. Head to UpgradedFormulas.com, use the coupon code BEN10 at checkout to get your hair mineral kit and any other supplements that you could find on their website. That is UpgradedFormulas.com. Use the coupon code BEN10. So we talked about keto. We talked about fasting. By the way, in my book, KetoFlex, which is available now by the time this is out, chapter 12, I have a whole chapter on how to do keto and fasting for women. And I actually put your name in here. I gave you a shout out. Your research has helped me really understand women's health, thyroid health. And in that chapter, I talk about having more keto flex days, you know, of course, around your cycle, postmenopausal. But you mentioned it a little bit already. You said that insulin helps make that conversion, one of many conversions of T4, inactive T4 to T3. So I love keto. You love keto. We use it as a tool. But why is it dangerous to stay in ketosis long term? What is long term and what can that do to actually uh, decrease thyroid function? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go back to this hypothalamus thing. Right, what I said, hypothalamus is going to control that to the pituitary, all of your hormones. And so we know that getting into ketosis is this hormetic stressor. It's a beautiful stressor that your body can utilize for good, for healing. But it's still a stress. And so the hypothalamus has two different systems, the parasympathetic and sympathetic. I say it's primitive, but I I say primitive in the sense of powerful. It's been with us since the beginning of our human existence. It's why we're alive, right? So when we stay in sympathetic for too long, we continue to get signals of survival. And when you're in ketosis for so long, when you're, you know, only focused on increasing your fat and you're restricting those carbs past when your body is telling you that it needs it, you're going to go into a survival response. And always, always in a survival response, you will see your thyroid start to shut down. You'll use up, but this is long-term, long-term keto past when you, you should be doing it you'll start utilizing your reverse T3 stores. And that's where the problem starts to happen. Because once you start utilizing reverse T3 stores, I've done that test on people and their reverse T3 is low, but now the reverse T3 is completely depleted. Now you're in a state where you don't have enough thyroid hormones. Increasing your carbs, having these flex days does a few different things. Number one, it signals, obviously it signals to the body that there's no stressor out here. You're, you're okay. Now your body can utilize these carbs for a few different things. It allows your thyroid to start producing more hormones. But we know that insulin is essential for what's called deiodinase, which is the act of adding or like removing iodine molecules. So that's what's happening in the liver. In order to get T4 to remove one of those four molecules, that one of those iodine molecules, insulin is needed for that. And so when you're conserving energy and your free T3 goes down and you're in a healing state, that's great. But once that hormetic stress is now having an adverse effect, what you're going to see, you're not having enough insulin. 
you don't have an, an appropriate response anymore, your hypothalamus is signaling to the thyroid that it's not doing well now, and you also don't have enough insulin to convert T4 to T3. That's going to be a problem. And you know, how do you know? How do you know it's time? When you start talking about listening to your body, and that's the big thing I want people to understand when it comes to your thyroid. And when you're talking to your doctors, trust, know what you know about your body is that you'll start seeing weight loss that's stalled or weight loss resistant. You're going to start to feel tired now. And when I talk about thyroid, you'll start to see symptoms of hypothyroidism kind of come up. And what is tiredness because of hypothyroidism look like? It means that you can get nine hours of sleep and if I offered you a nap at two or three o'clock, you would take it because mm -hmm. you just need a nap, right? You'll see changes with your hair, whether hair uh, uh, falling out or, or like how your hair feels. You'll start feeling cold. The eyebrows, right? The outer layer of the eyebrows. Outer layer of the, mm -hmm. Yeah, especially when you're hyper. Yeah, you'll see those outer layer of your eyebrows. And so what you don't want is you don't want it to get to that point. And so what I say is that when your body needs it, you're going to get it. And so you have two choices. Either you can ignore it and then end up binging on food that is not nourishing for your body. I have that people do that. Like, oh my gosh, I had someone recently tell me, I just feel like I need carbs and I ended up eating ice cream around her ovulation, right? And I'm like, no, no, no. We know your body's going to need it eventually because that's what a hormetic stressor is. Plan for it and plan for it in a way that's going to be nourishing and helpful for your, for your thyroid. So a lot of good cruciferous vegetables that you're cooking lightly. That's helpful, not just for sex hormones, but for your thyroid hormones, eating some good citrus, some berries, some like blueberries, um, some cherries, some raspberries, dark chocolate, polyphenol type rich foods are really, really helpful for the thyroid. But you've got to listen to your body. When it's time to change, it's time to change. And because healing comes from the body, not from the foods that you're eating, you'll see that your thyroid continues to get better. But I thought food was medicine, Rebecca. <laughs> Oh my gosh, why you just put me on this? Listen, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I know I you hate do. That. Oh my gosh. And I, I feel so bad because I, I get invited to rooms online like where food is medicine. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> food isn't medicine. And we give too much power to foods. And I think that's where people start to create unhealthy relationships with food. Because if we don't eat this way, then we can't heal. If I don't stick to keto every day for the rest of my life, I can't continue to lose weight. And if I don't stick to vegan, if I don't stick to this, but healing happens when you get into ketosis, you're addressing a stressor. You're removing a stressor, this carb toxicity, this insulin resistance. And when you remove that stressor, your body heals itself. When your thyroid improves, when you start to notice that you need thyroid, less thyroid medication or no thyroid medication, when you start to notice that your thyroid antibodies go down, it's not because you ate an avocado. It's because <laughs> you ate an avocado, which is nourishing, but it's because your body healed itself and it doesn't come from food. Food isn't medicine, it's just fuel. But I do hate yep. that thing. <laughs> I, know, I know that you do. Yeah, uh, the only thing that's medicine is the innate intelligence. That's what's actually healing the body. So food might help assist with the innate intelligence, but it's not actually healing the body. Uh, with that being said, it is still important to eat the right foods that actually assist with the innate intelligence versus the ones that don't. So yeah, to your point about being in ketosis long-term, besides the thyroid, there's other problems that can occur that we've talked about offline. So in the book, Keto Flex, I give the protocol 60 days, right? When you're starting keto, getting into ketosis, giving it good 60 days to get fat adapted and then eventually keto adapted. And then we start flexing. We intentionally flex out of ketosis with higher healthy 
healthy carbs, less fasting, because like Rebecca said, we have this hormetic curve, this, this good stress, you stress, where when you apply a stress, whether it's fasting or keto or the sun or cold exposure, whatever it is, even some supplements, you get a positive curve in that hermetic stress. So that curve's going up, you're benefiting from it, you're reducing inflammation. You do too much cold exposure, you do too much keto or fasting, all of a sudden it drops. You stick with it because you put yourself in a dogmatic box. I've been there. It keeps going down, going down, all of a sudden you get symptoms, and then eventually it could lead to disease, disease and uh, death, right? So what we want to do is optimize that hormetic curve by doing keto flexing, by having uh, these detox protocols that Rebecca does and I do. So that's the way to do it. I want to close the conversation with a conversation we had a few months ago on Voxer, which was about developing this super team of health professionals because you mentioned it earlier you know you wanted to learn about your hormones they wanted to refer you to a different doctor you had an issue with your digestive system they wanted to refer you to a different doctor so how do you build a team of doctors or not even doctors but also like health coaches and practitioners to help support you along the journey to help you heal and live a long healthy life how do you find this team for you yeah you know this is a great question because when i was a patient i became very jaded i was just like medicine fails me, like failed me, fails everyone. Like, you know, they can't help anyone get better. But now as I am a practitioner, I think there's a time and a place obviously for emergency. But when you're on a medication, if you need to see someone, what you need to look for within medicine, like a general practitioner, I get asked, an endocrinologist, honestly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a GP, it doesn't matter if it's endocrinologist, just because they're an endocrinologist does not mean they're going to help you with your thyroid any better. In fact, I've seen some OBGYNs do some amazing work with me. They're open to it. OBGYN. What you need is someone that's going to respect you and that is going to have a conversation with you, not just make eye contact. It is someone that you walk in with and you can have communication with. Hey, doc, I heard this awesome doctor, Dr. Rebecca Warren, she says, I need these lab tests done and I would really like to get it done. Can we order it? And they say, yes, let's go ahead and get that done for you. That is having a relationship, a synergistic relationship with your practitioner. You just need someone that's gonna be able to keep an eye on your medication as you're getting into ketosis and fasting so they can cut back on it when you need to and someone that's gonna order the right labs. And that's it. Let's use them for what their toolbox is. And that's diagnosing diseases and dealing with medications and should you need surgery for emergency that's what they're there for Hmm. but outside of that what do you do and you know you have your membership program like i you know i do my coaching stuff and i'm about to do a thyroid membership as well Hmm. but that's when now you go to people like health coaches doctors of chiropractic naturopaths functional wellness practitioners and what are what's their toolbox their toolbox is looking at the body as a whole to allow the body to heal itself And so you can have a GP over here, but don't expect them to teach you about healing. You're going to learn about healing from people like us Mm -hmm. because this is what we do. We research it. We we want to get the best information, not just for our own healing bodies, like healing our bodies and optimizing our bodies, but for the people that we help. And so you've got to have a team on where you have, yeah, maybe you need a GP to change your medication and do your lab work if you want to use your insurance. But in fact, you don't even need them for that. Now you can order lab work in different ways. True. But you need to have someone on the other end that's teaching you about what it looks like to get well. And then adding on other things, because we know now 
like different biohacks. Like we know, we know people that do TRT can help with thyroid regeneration. We know that you can do infrared sauna. We know you can go to a sauna place. You know, you can do certain lymphatic massages. So being open, that health is going to be outside of your doctor's office. That's where you're going to find it, not in your doctor's office. Mm, So important. I know that was so valuable for those because I get a lot of comments on my YouTube channel with people saying, oh, you know, my cholesterol is high, but my doctor wants to put me on a statin or my doctor is saying keto for my hypothyroidism is going to make it worse or whatever it is. And they're, they're getting bombarded with, with conflicting information. So it's important what Rebecca said to find that all-star team who's willing to hear you out and open to your suggestions, reviewing your lab work, ordering your lab work, reviewing it with you. So I love that. We're going to title this episode, Why Food is Not Medicine. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. That really make some people. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a clip and, and have that as a title. Yes, please. Um, where is the best place to go check out your work? DrRebeccaWarren.com. We'll put it in the notes. Where else can we check you out? Yeah, so... I'm transitioning to, on, well, I've been doing online virtual coaching and consulting for a couple of years now, but I do have a clinic. Uh, we are located in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So even though I do virtually, we have this clinic that has a lot of really great testimonials that people can check out to get hope. And that website will be drswarren.com, D-R-S-W-A-R-R-E-N.com. And you can find me, Dr. Rebecca Warren, on Facebook and on Instagram. You can connect with me there. And don't forget Clubhouse. And Clubhouse. Yeah, I have invitations too. I have like 10. I don't know what to do with them. Where can you send it? Where, can they email you or what? Where can they yeah, get Yeah, shoot me a message on Instagram, Instagram and I'll send you an invite if you don't have a Clubhouse invite. But I am on Clubhouse. I do a lot of talks and my goal is when I do those types of talks, I give a ton of information. You, you might do. not remember all of it, right? Like, yeah, you know, you might not remember all of it, but you, one thing you will remember is that once you hear it, you're going to think, There's so much more I can do. I'm not stuck. And that's Mm -hmm. always my goal when I share. Love it. Is it also Dr. Rebecca Warren on Clubhouse? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll put put all that in the notes below. I'm also on Clubhouse. We also jam out together on there. So Rebecca, I want to acknowledge you for overcoming a lot of challenges with the car accident, the gallbladder issue, the thyroid issue, and just overcoming that and using that pain to a purpose that now teaches the world how to empower the person and and help them understand how incredible their body is as long as you remove that interference. So you're doing great work. You and your husband, Nathan, we're both part of the same Platinum Practitioners Organization with Dr. Pompa. And I'm so grateful to be in this mastermind with you and learn from you and have these conversations with you because you are world-class at thyroid health. I mean, there's few, maybe not anybody else who knows thyroid like you do. So thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for educating the keto campers. And I'm sure they're all going to check you out. And uh, I just appreciate appreciate what you're doing. So thank you so much for today. Absolutely. Thank you for everything you do and sharing this message, Ben. I hope you got so much value from that conversation. I want you to be empowered. I want you to understand how the thyroid works, how to have a conversation with your doctor, with your healthcare practitioner and get the lab work done. Go check out the notes of this podcast and the resources. Get Dr. Rebecca Warren's free thyroid labs ebook over at drswarren.com slash thyroid. We put a link for you down below. And go send her some love on Instagram, Warren. Show me some love on Instagram at the Benazadi and text this conversation, this link to the podcast to a friend, post it on social media. Maybe you know somebody who has thyroid issues and they need to hear this. 
send it out to the world to everybody you know so you could make a positive impact on them. Be sure to check out all the links and resources in the podcast notes down below. We're going to put all of Dr. Rebecca's Warren's social media information. If you want to join us on Clubhouse, run Clubhouse often, Dr. Rebecca Warren, and then at the Benazadi on Clubhouse. If you haven't left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please do so as it really helps the show grow. And just a final reminder here to go grab Keto Flex, which is my brand new book all about keto and fasting and even carnivore sleep and mindset over at ketoflexbook.com. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. You'll hear me on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.